0: Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: It is your WrestleMania Backlash post show. I am John Pollock alongside Wei Ting here with you on a Sunday night, minutes after the WWE finished off their event from the Dunkin' Donuts Center.
0: Yes, that is correct. Yeah, Uh, uh, the esteemed Dunkin' Donuts Center. Uh, Incredible legacy in that building, of course. And uh, great franchise, yes. Happy Mother's Day to everybody who uh, celebrated today.
1: Yes, all the mothers out there, uh, we hope you had a, a wonderful day capped off by three hours of professional wrestling at the end of it. Tremendous scheduling.
0: I mean, breakfast in bed, um, three-hour WWE wrestling show. That's usually part of it. Yeah.
1: Yes. So, what did you think about tonight's uh, format? Way six matches, no pre-show matches. Uh, this was, you know, it was it was largely three hours of wrestling. There was very little in the way of angles, not completely uh, divorced from any angles, but this was largely a start to finish pro wrestling show where nothing was shortchanged and. Everyone got time, but it was a more compact card. I
0: liked it. I liked the pace of today's show. I thought in terms of filler, I mean, we could debate, you know, what, what can constituted filler. But as far as like match quality goes, um, I much prefer not having a meaningless match on the kickoff match. I mean, selfishly, it means that I can start my day an hour later. There's nothing at all to recap, you know, and, it, I, I wonder if it makes any sort of difference, you know, to the overall interest of the pay-per-view. They might have more interest and it might be a more a more successful Barker show, simply showing recaps of the main events.
1: There is not one person that is leaving the Dunkin' Donuts Center that is saying, A, I love the name of our hometown arena, and B, I wish that show was longer. I don't know how you could have been complaining after the three hours that you got and that what we needed to be warmed up with uh, with a meaningless match or two in in the kickoff show, I'm with you. I think that three hours is plenty. That's all you need. And I think that this is probably going to be their format. We saw with WrestleMania where they did two hours of kickoffs uh, minus matches. So the the fact that they were doing it again here suggests that they just look at that as here's an hour of free content, and we're not going to bog it down with, with matches. Like maybe they just find that that is not going to be appealing or they're just, they're, they're not going to that effort, you want to see the match. You have to subscribe to the service and, and get the actual show.
0: Yeah. I I think the days of like, you know, giving a free match away to 10 people, it, at least it doesn't work for this audience. I don't see it as any sort of draw. Um, You know, I I'm sure you, you today, John spent some time in your afternoon watching the Miami grand prix. And can you imagine if like, you know, like they decided to spend maybe, I don't know the last 10 minutes of their, preview show just giving you maybe like a meaningless race between two people you don't care about um like that's silly you know build up the anticipation for the actual show that matters
1: uh we're going to go back just to uh this this comment that was made that a lot of people were discussing from saturday night at the wwe house show in trenton new jersey when roman reigns got onto the microphone and addressed the crowd and a part of his speech said I've been here many times. I've been here probably a couple of times in the past 10 years. I'm starting to work into a new phase in my career, and I honestly don't know if I'll ever be back here again. If that's the case, I just want to th- say thank you for all of these years of support. So uh, there's got a lot of people discussing like what this means for Roman Reigns' future. And just in asking around today, um I, I heard from several people, and it does seem that Roman Reigns is going to be going into – I don't know if it's just uh, altogether brand new deal or a restructured deal, but it sounds like, you know, he is going to have a more limited schedule moving forward. And you look at a city like Trenton, New Jersey, that is not a pay-per-view city. That's not even like, they don't even do TV in Trenton. So I don't know if, if, if that's what you read into it, but it does sound like, you know, moving forward, he is going to have a more reduced schedule when this goes into effect.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. That's very interesting. I mean, he's still very much the champion. I mean, I think the rumors are still out there that, he will likely be um matched up with the rock maybe or maybe not for a championship so still seems to be a focal part of the show but does this mean like a reduced um house show schedule does it mean reduced tv schedule what are we talking about
1: i i would i, I can't say 100% but i i get the sense like like everything, like I, I don't know if this is a sense where he will be on every pay per view. Um, but you would think like looking to this summer, you have those three big stadium shows. I would imagine he would be a part of those. Uh, next month, for instance, Hell in a Cell, like that, that is not to me a giant show. And tonight's outcome, that did not build a match. Like there is no program for Roman Reigns all except for the long term one with Drew. And tonight's match did not. I did not come out of this thinking we are seeing Roman uh, defending that title at Hell in a Cell. There was nothing to build a match for four weeks from now based on that six man.
0: Right. Unless they came back and maybe complained about somehow like, I mean, it wasn't Drew who got pinned, of course.
1: No, but I think you saved that match. I I don't see them doing that one in four weeks um but anyway and just another note uh, that just came out tonight speaking of providence rhode island is that game changer wrestling has announced will osprey and nick wayne for june 19th this of course when nick wayne was unable to wrestle on the the hammerstein ballroom show uh because of the commission there uh, joey janella had thrown it out there for nick wayne to call his shot and he said he wanted a match with Will Ospreay. They couldn't put it together for spring break, but it's going to happen on June 19th. So a, a big match for Game Changer Wrestling. This is Ospreay's GCW debut, and that's that match is going to have a lot of focus with uh, 16-year-old Nick Wayne taking on his hero, Will Ospreay.
0: Yeah, as far as like wrestlers under the age of 18, that seem to have gotten way more buzz than I think any other uh, in recent memory. I mean, it's 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 a huge match for for Nick Wayne, and and I think a a big match for Will Osprey outside of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, I mean, we know that he is a future a, like he he has what, what, what some sort of deal with AEW that somehow guarantees a spot whenever he becomes of age. Um, so it's it's really a preview of what's of what's to come for a very young and very talented wrestler. So that's cool. Yeah, it'll get some buzz in the underground.
1: So if you missed the uh, the pre show, uh, it featured our usual panel, uh, MVP stop by. Madcap Moss stopped by to try and get a big bad wolf chant going, which some, fa- there are some fans at WWE shows. They will chant anything you throw at them. There, this is mm-hmm. a lesson for WWE performers. And then Sarah Schreiber interviewed the Usos and Paul Heyman coming out of Roman Reigns locker room. And Paul wished Roman's mother a happy Mother's Day. She should have statues and monuments in her honor and also wants to wish a happy mother's day to the Usos mother who gave birth to them at the same time while the mothers of Randy Orton and Riddle failed them. And Sarah said, I notice you didn't mention drew Haman says the man named his sword after his mother. He is in need of psychotherapy and that's what he is going to receive tonight at the hands of Roman reigns. And that was the pre-show. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Um,
0: I mean, again, I I don't think it's really the type of show for you and I. You know, they're for people who might not be watching the TV show every single week, who need a refresher of what is to come um, on on the pay-per-view that they're about to maybe purchase or, or flick over to watch.
1: That was it. Just all the video packages. And we go into the show where the opening video asked, what would happen if there was another dimension? Well, tonight we cross over. Tonight we cross over into the multiverse of WrestleMania. Into WrestleMania Backlash, the alternative timeline.
0: Yeah, evidently. I mean, professional wrestling really realizing the crossover between uh, interest in, in, in it and this Doctor Strange movie that's out because it, it feels like it's the third thing in as many weeks that we've had, you know, some sort of a multiverse of bandits type of influence between, you know, impacts, multiverse of matches. We have AEW's Forbidden Door poster using like a Doctor Strange portal. And uh, tomorrow, on a special edition of MCU Later happening at 1 p.m. Eastern time in the Post Wrestling Cafe. Uh, we will get involved as me and WH and John Cena review the movie.
1: So there you go. All right. You can uh, you can all check that out coming out on uh, Monday. So we started things off with the rematch between Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes, and they had this great video on Cody at the beginning with a sound clip from Dusty, uh, reaction videos to his return at WrestleMania last month, and a photo of Dusty holding the WWE, the WWF title that they showed on raw a couple of weeks back and we go into the match and Rollins early on has all of Cody's moves scouted. Uh, when Cody goes for the slap off of the back and power slam out of the corner and Byron Saxton notes that we haven't seen any ring rust from Cody Rhodes and Corey Graves notes, you know, he was still competing. We just haven't seen him here in a WWE ring. So no, there has not been any ring rust. The man didn't just, uh, go into a uh, hibernation for six years. Uh, Cody uh, comes back, hits a disaster kick. They get into a striking exchange and then Cody cuts off Rollins off a suicide dive and hits the Cody cutter for our first near fall. And Rollins goes back on offense, playing to the crowd. The curb stomp is avoided. And then Rollins stops the crossroads. Cody stops a pedigree, goes for his own. That one gets stopped. And we see, uh, Cody get caught and hit with a buckle bomb frog splash and Cody kicks out. There's a Phoenix splash that Rollins misses. They're just going through all of the all of the greatest hits, so to speak. And after going for a superplex, Cody is uh, able to avoid the follow up Falcon Arrow and turns it into a crossroads. And Rollins gets the foot on the rope. Crowd is buzzing by this point as they are getting into all the big moves. Cody misses a top rope moonsault and is hit with the pedigree. And kicks out of it. Rollins is yelling at him that he can't lace his boots. Hits him with some Kawada kicks. And then Cody gets hit with the Dusty Rhodes jabs by Seth Rollins. He sets up for the bionic elbow, but it's cut off with a crossroads. And he goes for a second one. It's stopped with a knee. And then Cody tries to go for Din's fire. The vertebraker breaker. That is stopped. And we see the finish where Rollins' O'Connor roll is reversed with Cody using one of his own. And... Rollins had tried to hook the tights so when Cody reverses he hooks Rollins tights pinning him at 20 minutes and 44 seconds as Rollins protests and Cody is 2-0 against Seth Rollins a pretty fantastic opener we got
0: I thought it was a great match you know it's I think it's kind of difficult to. Graded against the WrestleMania match because the context of the two matches are so different, but the fact that I think I came out of this match so positively and the crowd seemed to react to it so positively, I think is a real testament to the great job that these two did. Because you didn't have the novelty nor the surprise of Cody debuting at a WrestleMania, you didn't have the spectacle of WrestleMania. So second time around, knowing what to expect, can they live up to the expectations that they set in the first match? I would say they absolutely did. Maybe to some people, they even exceeded them. To me, in ring, this. Was like that sort of classic style of professional wrestling that I think Cody Rhodes excels at. His moves aren't the most flashy, but what he can do, he maximizes, he maximizes the value of like like, like great buildup, uh, great placement. His selling, I thought, was really good. The match layout and the pacing, I thought, were really good. And this is an audience that is still very much with him as a baby face. They were with him for all of his comebacks. Uh, of course, you know, being in there with Seth Rollins, one of the most consistent guys in this company when it comes to match quality. I thought the final 10 minutes or so had some really great builds to their signature moves and counters. I loved, uh, first of all, I love that rope break that Rollins did after the crossroads where he didn't even have to reach for it. It was Cody pulling back too far, and Rollins just kind of like, you know, even though he was out, he, he hit the ropes. To me, it felt far more organic and, and not so contrived. I love the fact that they continue to use moves like the Dins Fire and the pedigree that Cody had established in his AEW run in these matches to me it shows that at least in ring they're continuing to play to an audience that has followed him through his aw run because they you know they, when he was stardust or when he was in his ww run he's never used the vertebrae curve nor the pedigree at least to my knowledge um and i love rollins doing the dusty punches it calls back to the actual story that they were setting up prior to this of i mean the promo at least you know that the two of them cut before and I thought the reaction, I don't know how well it necessarily hit with the crowd at, in Providence, but it, it certainly worked on me. So I, I really
1: enjoyed the match. I I thought that, you know, the fact that I thought they had just a spectacular match at, at WrestleMania and the fact that after this match, you can debate which one you like better. I think that's that's a big, strong endorsement for this second match, the fact that it's considered uh, on that level. And what I liked about this was the fact that, you know, the story was Seth was unprepared for the WrestleMania match. And in this one, he had Cody scouted in all these different areas. He had weeks to prepare for Cody and that played itself into the match. So you couldn't do this match without the first one. So that's what I really liked about this one is it built upon the foundation that they established four weeks ago. So this was just a continuation of the first match. So I think you can really debate which match you enjoy more. But as a collective, this was, you know you have pretty much 40 minutes of a great story between these two. And the way it ended was maybe a bit of a surprise, not that Cody won, but that they left this certainly open for a third match. Yes, because of the tights. Because of the tights. And I just don't see this feud ending with that kind of a finish. Like this really calls for a third match, even though this is very unlike WWE to do a third match where one guy has won two matches already.
0: Well, I mean, there are a lot of shows to do and, um, you know, you have to ask like, is this is this feud cold enough for them to abandon it or get, can they squeeze one more pay-per-view match out of it? And maybe the answer is yes, because, I mean, the two results have been great. Even if um, Rollins has lost both of them, I feel like there's still decent interest. And I'm also curious, like, do they do, do a bit more of a Shades of Grey character with Cody Rhodes? Um, because I certainly have my thoughts, you know, watching some of the, these promos and and whatnot, um, and and using the hooking the tights. I, I wonder. I wonder if they're considering it.
1: Yeah, I mean, by the end of this, I feel I felt like this is a match they're going to take the hell in a cell.
0: Sure, inside. You mean with the gimmick?
1: Yes, because you know I thought going into this show that maybe that could be the trilogy with uh, Rhonda and Charlotte, but with the injury angle that they're doing with Charlotte, that would not seem to be um, in the cards to do after you do a major like arm breaking angle uh, to come back in four weeks. So that concluded uh, the opener. Following that was Bobby Lashley and Omos, another WrestleMania rematch uh, to, to build upon all of the, uh, the the stakes from the first match. So Lashley attacks him with strikes at the beginning. He's getting distracted by MVP on the apron. This gives Omos the advantage. And my favorite part of this match was Omos yelling, "He's too small." Yeah, the best best line of this whole match. He hits uh, Lashley with the snake eyes and running boot combo. And then Lashley just jumps onto his back for a rear naked choke and gets tossed off. Lashley then shoulder blocks him into the corner, attacking the midsection and ties his arms into the ropes. uh, A la Andre the Giant. And Lashley goes after MVP and applies the hurt lock when all of a sudden Omos has come back from the dead and palms the head of Lashley. While he's inside the ring and brings him back, and Lashley has, take
0: has anybody broken out of the Hurt Lock before? Like, was this um, a significant moment or not? Because w- it was not treated as such. Chat room, let us know if
1: you yes, guys- let us remember. know. I feel they might have they might have done a Hurt Lock breaking spot but it's not coming to me right off the top of my head. Uh So the hurt lock is, is applied in the ring to Omos, but the hands are not clasped and Omos drives him into the corner and gets out. Lashley tries to lift him for a vertical. He can't. So barely gets Omos up for the slam. And then the spear is stopped by Omos's knee drives Lashley into the corner and behind the referees back. MVP uses the cane and Omos pins him after the tree slam in eight minutes and 51 seconds as a, uh, I will say this. This was better than the WrestleMania match.
0: I thought this match was much better than I expected it to be, maybe because I had lower expectations going in after WrestleMania. But to me, I thought they were very successful in treating and creating a scenario where I could believe that Bobby Lashley was the underdog. You know, much like Wardlow versus Cass, like it was a match that I thought successfully framed a usual big man into that sort of underdog role. And I thought Lashley did a great job here with his fire and his comebacks. He made the match look incredibly grueling and hard fought. And the crowd was totally with him the whole way. Omas is somebody who we all know has a lot of limitations. Um, but I feel like at this point, he has enough tools. And I mean, to me, the key is number one, MVP, who I think is tremendous and really at, uh, completely revamps and, and completes the package, and I think a strong babyface who can do things with him and Bobby Lashley, somebody who can, you know, um, at least like take a good amount of offense and, um, you know, do things like put the heart Lock out of him, have Omos actually sell for somebody's submission, so. I would say this match was a success. Um, I think the Omos-MVP relationship has been a success. And I think Lashley's babyface run thus far has been a success. And you can attribute a lot of that to the the quality of the opponent. And when I say quality, I mean a guy who's big. Uh, and that's certainly what he is.
1: Yeah, I... Like I, I thought, this was the weakest match on the show. But for Omos, I mean, throw out like the tag matches with AJ. This is probably the best singles match we have seen out out of Omos. Like I did, like that WrestleMania match. Like I saw some stuff in there that it was just it was brutal. I didn't see anything in this that was like embarrassingly bad. It was like they had a relatively simple match, and Omos did. You know he he did what he needed to do, and uh, I think like this match again, you come into it with low expectations. They would have been met in this that it, that they achieved above that. So um, I, I take that as a win if you if you're looking for Omos in terms of on paper, this guy's going to come out and do a nine minute match.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think he's still relatively new in his run, or at least it looks like it. And uh, but but the thing is, like when when you're that big and you're in the WWE um they're going to fast track you even if you have a limited arsenal of moves and thus far i mean that, and that's a tough task because how many big men have they gone through who really have been ready for the role so we, we've I, just seen
1: a bunch of them in nxt like totally. look at look at harland like that guy mm-hmm. was just thrown out there and i mean sanga a recent one as well like all of these guys like it's you're you're kind of thrown out there and you're either going to catch on or you're not it's it's going to be sink or swim there, and thus far, I would say at
0: least he's he's swimming, or at least you know learning to swim. Um, and I would say the feud is you know one one now. I could see them doing a rubber match between the two.
1: Uh, yeah i I think they probably go that direction just for lack of a alternative options for either at this point. And yeah, they're one apiece. Hell in a Cell promo June fifth in Chicago. Edge versus AJ Styles, another WrestleMania rematch, and Damian Priest is banned from ringside, or is he? We'll find out. Uh, a, good, a good amount of heat for Edge as he made his entrance. Styles has the shoulder injury with the left arm taped up, and he is very aggressive from the beginning, attacking Edge and even hitting an Asai moonsault. He teases the phenomenal forearm but gets booted off the apron, and this is when he starts selling the shoulder and Edge takes over. He went to slide him into the corner, And I guess the shoulder was supposed to go into the post and didn't quite uh, make its mark. But instead, it really didn't matter. Edge just uh, attacked the shoulder further. And he did a spot where he loosened the turnbuckle, but he didn't take the pad off that you knew was going to play into something a little later on that this turnbuckle had been loosened. Uh, He's ripping off the kinesio tape and drives the shoulder into the mat. AJ's fighting him off with a Pele kick and hits a top rope Hurricane Rana, Ushigiroshi. And then the crossface is applied and AJ counters it into a calf crusher, but is using the good arm for the pressure and can't use both of his arms. So there's a rope break by Edge. Uh, AJ goes for a German and Edge just rips off the loosened turnbuckle in the corner. And it's Edge that gets kicked into the exposed buckle, leading to a two count. I thought this was like a really clever spot. I was just disappointed. It didn't get like a bigger reaction from the crowd because I thought they put a lot of thought into it. It was a great idea for a near fall. And it, it just didn't seem like the, the audience um, responded to it like a big spot. But I, I thought it was well thought out.
0: I agree. Um, I thought something happened, you know, I, uh, with this match where I, I feel like the crowd started to mm, not react for a lot that I was kind of going crazy for at home. Um and I I don't know if it's because of a lack of interest in the feud itself, um, or or something else, but they I, I definitely felt the disconnect between my reaction to the match and what the crowd was what was giving me, uh, through
1: the microphone. Do you think that had anything to do with just like the layout of the match, or do you think this is further to just the presentation of Edge that is a, a bit of a disconnect?
0: could be edge it could be their overall overall interest in the feud itself um it you know could be a number of factors that that's kind of hard for me to say like it could get a reaction uh in another town if they did this match but yeah for some reason they reacted really well to to cody they they saw cody as a star for sure they reacted really well to omos versus bobby lashley but in this match which i thought featured some tremendous quality and i'll let you finish the the recap um it, it sounded a lot more muted
1: Edge hits a spear and Styles kicks out of it and then stops a follow-up spear attempt with a knee and then Edge gets draped on the top rope and AJ lifts him up for the Styles clash, uh, can't hook the leg and Edge kicks out of the Styles clash. Then there's a springboard attempt by AJ, but he realizes his shoulder is too damaged, so he can't go for the springboard. So instead, he climbs up the turnbuckle when Damien Priest comes out ringside. And I guess there was a there was like an imaginary line he couldn't cross to violate the stipulation. So he could walk, I guess, within uh, like 10 feet. And then if he walked past the line, he'd explode. So. As he distracts AJ, Finn Balor jumps Priest from behind, and the crowd goes nuts for the run-in by by Finn. AJ is on top, and a masked individual pops up on the apron and pulls down AJ, snapping his shoulder onto the rope, and Edge capitalizes, applying the crossface, and then turns it into a choke, and AJ goes out in 15 minutes and 22 seconds. The masked person enters the ring um, wearing very familiar boots, And gets onto one knee and subtle Byron Saxton asks, who is he? It must be a he, right? Who is he? And it is Rhea Ripley with her dyed black hair joining Judgment Day. Yes, yes. That is the official name of the group? Yes.
0: Okay. Um, Well, first of all, the match, I thought it was a great match. You know, for me, what absolutely stood out the most was I thought the great psychology displayed here by AJ Styles with his with the impact of the shoulder injury on his strategy throughout the rest of the match. There are a lot of clever spots throughout that I thought reminded you of the match's kind of overall narrative here. Him having to use, you know, moves like a Frankensteiner or an acai moonsault to me was like him making effective use of his able bodied legs instead of his upper body. Um the spot of the match to me was the way he draped edge onto the ropes to put him in position for the styles clash so that he wouldn't have to hold him there so long with his shoulder. And and the fact that he even winced while trying to lift his arm to do, arms to do that signature like styles clash pose, to me was absolute brilliance. Unfortunately, I thought much of that psychology, I mean, this crowd didn't seem to care for. I noticed, as I mentioned, a a bit of a dip in reaction through all of this. The biggest reactions were for sort of, you know, like the expected things like Priest coming out, Balor coming out, and this this hooded figure which um, I thought it was a satisfying reveal. You know, it's been rumored that it'd be R- Rhea Ripley for a few weeks now. I like the fact that at least she showed up here with a different look. I like it whenever a significant character change is comp- accompanied with a significant, significant physical change. So I think it works. You know, it's, it's cool that we have a woman attached to a men's staple. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I like the match overall. The, the crowd did bring it down a little bit. Um, it was, it was something different on the show. I, this is one where I think you could you could pick whichever match you, you preferred be, between the two. I liked the WrestleMania match, but I did see why some people were a bit disappointed with this. Um, but the, the storytelling was very strong in this match. I thought AJ was fantastic uh, selling the shoulder. But th- there was something missing to this one that I, I put it a notch below like the other three really big matches on the on this show. Um, but but still like a very good match overall that you got on the show. Michael Coleman welcomes us to the A-Show with SmackDown taking up the second half, uh, I guess with the exception of RK-Bro. But yeah, it was interesting, the structure. It was like your Raw programs in the first half of the show and then predominantly SmackDown to close it out.
0: I'm guessing it just worked out that way, maybe through the layout of the match. Um, It's not, I mean, I can't really see them like just sticking with, you know, such a rigid format like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you don't have two world champions anymore, so it's not like Mm -hmm. you're positioning your your champions uh, in in different spots either. So, uh, yeah, just the way it worked out. Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey in the I Quit match for the SmackDown women's title. Samantha Irvin explains the only way to win is to actually make your opponent say, I quit. You actually have to make them say, I quit.
0: As opposed to Um,
1: symbolically? Playing a promo saying. where they say the words I quit maybe over the speakers.
0: Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Yes. So that's happened.
1: So they start things off. Rousey's uh, throwing her around and then gets cut off by a clothesline. And then this huge German suplex by Charlotte. And Flair just get, uh, folds her as R- as Rousey lands. Um, very intense from the beginning here. Uh, Rousey's going for a flying armbar attempt. And the referee has the microphone following them around as they battle ringside. Flair brings out the kendo stick that Michael Cole reminds us has been such a big part of this rivalry. Couldn't have this match without the kendo stick way. So Flair then runs to the backstage area from this kendo stick, and she returns with two kendo sticks. So Rousey monkey flips Charlotte by the entrance, taking the two kendo sticks mid-move, and then goes like, all Jedi on her here and is attacking her with the kendo sticks. They go into the crowd. Flair tosses water at her and then chokes Ronda through the railing. But R- Rousey will not quit. Rousey then stops a chair shot as Flair runs back to the ringside area and Flair power bombs her onto the barricade, stops a Piper's pit with an eye rake and then sends Ronda into the post. Uh, then we got a great visual here where flair is knocked down from the turnbuckle and she's laying upside down but on the outer part of the turnbuckle and rousey leans and applies the arm bar from the side on the apron and then for more leverage goes upside down like she's minoru suzuki here i thought this looked so cool that this could have been the finish but flair was able to get her feet free and they just crashed to the floor Pat McAfee is just people watching and asks if the fiend is sitting there in the front row. And there was some dude wearing a fiend mask and got everyone's yeah. attention. When Pat McAfee called him out, the match continues after they get into the ring. There's a natural selection onto the chair by flair. She applies the figure eight and Pat McAfee, who was great here is citing all the knee surgeries that Rhonda has had. And Rhonda is asked if she's going to quit. And she yells never bitch and breaks the figure eight with a chair. Flair warns her it's her last chance and wishes Rhonda a happy Mother's Day. And with this, she Ronda capitalizes by taking her arm and arm barring her through the chair. And when she won't quit, goes, I was hoping you'd say that, bitch. And wrenches the arm, torquing it sideways. And Charlotte quits in 16 minutes and 33 seconds. This match got a lot People pan this at WrestleMania. They came back. They had a phenomenal match. I thought these two killed it in, in this. This was so intense for the time it, it, it lived up to the stipulation that an I quit needs to be. This was hands down the best night of Ronda's comeback since January of any match, any promo segment. This was the high point so far of this return for Ronda Rousey. And she had a great opponent in Charlotte. I think they, they really redeemed, uh, whatever criticism came their way for WrestleMania.
0: I totally agree. I thoroughly enjoyed and was thoroughly engaged for this match. It was a huge improvement over the Mania match. And I thought the pace of it for an I quit match was very appropriate because they were dialed up to 10 from the very beginning. Their grudge and hate for one another, even though I thought, you know, the build has been really cold. I thought it really came across well in the intensity of this match. To me, it was a match that played out very much like, like the, like like a fight scene like you know like the fight scene from they live for instance where it just had sort of that vibe of like like this this urgency with a within a wild brawl in these sort of like strange circumstances a lot of carnage a lot of screaming involved like it almost felt like a world star video and (laughs) that might not always work for pro wrestling but I think when you're talking about a grudge match in an I quit setting with weapons and all of that it came across incredibly fun you know, um, even like with the lines, like, you know, they were speaking into the microphone that felt straight out of a movie. I thought they, you know, yeah, they could have been cheesy to many, but I thought again, like an action movie, which is the style of wrestling that WWE tends to favor these days over like a, you know, UFC simulation, for instance. I thought it absolutely worked. It was memorable. It was enjoyable throughout. And I thought definitely um, a successful match for Ronda Rousey out of her comfort zone.
1: Yeah. And we can just fast forward. Afterward, they announced that Charlotte has suffered a fractured radius. Um, So this is not a legitimate injury. But, you know, given the fact that they are uh, crediting Rhonda with breaking her arm, uh, that suggests to me that Charlotte will be taking some time off. And Mm -hmm. uh, we'll see how long that is. And it brings up the question of where Rhonda goes after this of who is programmed with her.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, as we've seen, you know, she doesn't necessarily have to defend every single uh, pay-per-view, but I think she probably should, you know, if anything, to fend off some of those criticisms of, of her being a part-timer. So um, uh, yeah, I, I, there there are enough people, I guess, on that roster that they can pair her up with.
1: Um, I, I don't see them going to something like Sasha so quickly. Like, she's really tied up with with Naomi at, at the moment. I mean, you've just brought up uh, Raquel Gonzalez. I guess you've got Lee who had uh, recently turned. I mean, if you're looking at the SmackDown women uh, that that are available, you 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 have some options.
0: Is Alexa Bliss signed to any particular brand?
1: You could put her on either brand; it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's always a, a possibility too. And and then you have you know Bailey's floating out there too. So yeah. um, we will see where where things go with Ronda Rousey, but a really strong match from the two. Mm-hmm. There was a Money in the Bank promo uh, featuring Cody Rhodes inside Allegiant Stadium promoting the card for July 2nd and also putting in the line there that one man and one woman would have the chance to headline WrestleMania, which is not something they, they typically push with Money in the Bank. I didn't read this as the winner goes to WrestleMania, but more so you win this. That's one of the options you could hold on to this until WrestleMania because you get it for a year. You could opt to cash it in and get the match at WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, I saw it the same way. I, I, I don't think, I mean, to me, like, the money in the bank, the, the allure of the gimmick is the fact that you can see a cash in at any moment. And I don't think they would take that away from it. Uh, it would, you know, rob whatever I think allure the Royal Rumble and the Elimination Chamber have. I think it was just I the think way- they just want to
1: attach WrestleMania to the stakes here and yeah. put that it, this is one of like a billion possibilities is like you could go to WrestleMania.
0: Well, we have a pay-per-view that for no reason is named WrestleMania Backlash. <laughs> um, we have wrote to X amount of WrestleMania, you know, things. It is the strongest brand that they have. And, I mean, this was just their way of trying to fit it into every single thing that could possibly be attached to WrestleMania. I, I, it was interesting to see Cody here as, like, not your typical, you know, wrestler kind of cutting a promo. He was here almost as a spokesperson for the company. Like, almost like an executive introducing a venue as if, you know, listen, like, this was an AEW show. He was, like, still the EVP introducing the next home. It was kind of neat,
1: but he had the Paul Levesque feel.
0: It felt so heelish to me, though like the damn suit you know the ultra slick tv delivery and sort of that gross smile at the end it's it's the type of what about the wink
1: with the uh the cash register
0: as i mentioned like he's still a real novelty to this wwe audience who i don't think has been overexposed or seen too much of this side of cody rhodes but to me it was the exact same type of stuff that ultimately turned this cody rhodes off um or turned the audience off from this cody rhodes so it, it just kind of maybe, you know, I don't know if they're aware of this happening at, at, at all or not. You can turn to the Lacey Evans promos from Friday as maybe some evidence of maybe them not exactly knowing what, what they're trying to do with somebody as a baby face. But um, I, I just feel like this type of stuff, this presentation of Cody will sour the crowd uh, on him sooner than later.
1: It's interesting because tonight's finish, it's certainly like tomorrow, Cody comes out and Seth Rollins has a legitimate gripe this is Mm -hmm. not a heel just just crying about something it's like he was wronged in this and you know you can frame it it's like you know he outwitted you because you tried to cheat yourself you just got outsmarted by Cody but nonetheless you have thrown that out there I'll also say that in this particular era since fans have come back like it does feel like this is a level of fans that are more in tune with The direction the company wants like we're not Mm -hmm. seeing these wild reactions um, that we were getting maybe two years ago before the pandemic where there was would be like a staunch uh, refusal to go in a direction with with a certain character. I I don't know if we'll see that maybe we will but it, it seems like it's a much more obedient fan base that they have at these live shows than in past years.
0: I think it continues to depend on, on, on the town and, and maybe the how long a character has turned, been, been that way. Like we still have audiences that turn on you know directions, but you're right, like maybe it's a bit more difficult now, especially not knowing what reactions are organic versus what might be. like.
1: like Becky is the not button. getting those overwhelming babyface re- reactions. But,
0: right, but she's also been a very good heel, I would say that certainly helps.
1: But, but it's different from when she had first turned, and it was like they were really fighting the tide, and now it's like the audience I think they see her like she's a heel, and that's how we're gonna react to her as as such
0: Mhm, yeah, yeah, it took some
1: time though uh next, we went to Mad Cat Moss and Happy Corbin. This was very late in the show. they went uh ten minutes, and we got the uh the best of this this program that has gone for months. Uh, Some vertical leaps by Moss at the beginning, and he's hit with a choke slam. There's a pump handle followed by a senton from Happy Corbin. Michael Cole was astounded that we saw a senton out of Corbin. Moss hits a running shoulder tackle and attacks him on the floor. Follow away slam. Uh, Deep six. Moss uh, kicks out of that and then ducks a clothesline and wins with a sunset flip in 946, allowing Michael Cole to state that the joke's on Corbin tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will never think of this match again. It was uh, it was there. I don't have any grand complaint about it, but it was uh, it was ten minutes late in the show, and I-, I can't say I was all that engaged with it.
0: I think the placement of this match between you know the two uh, highest built matches uh, on the card tells you exactly how they probably see the match. It- it's your come down match. You know, it's your bathroom break. Um, I-, I think it's a you know what
1: I, I got the come down fight on on Saturday night with Carlos Sparza and Rose Nami Yunus I don't know why anyone would would watch that card and state, you know, an environment where we control all of this, where we want a match that brings everybody down. (laughs) I don't understand Um, that. Like I watch things. It's like I want to just enjoy things. I I don't need to to come down after after sitting through uh, the I quit match. Let's let's just keep things rolling. Uh, Yeah,
0: I mean, it's it's. It's, it's a philosophy that they, they seem to abide by and AEW has abided by. So, uh, and, and a number of wrestling companies have abided by. So, um, I don't know. Maybe there's some signs through experience that they can explain better than I can, but it, it's a, it's a program with pretty weak characters, um, and characters you really cannot take seriously. If you heard any of Mad Cat Mosses, what was supposed to be a baby face, uh joke routine on Friday, I can't possibly imagine anybody caring about him outside of this, their hatred for Baron Corbin you know, in ring. Like, yeah, they're fine wrestlers. Sure. Like Corbin is the usual Moss shows some good intensity, good fire. But um, I took the time to eat my dinner here. And uh, it it's just it was really hard to care about the program.
1: We need to work that into a more regular segment, like the waiting dinner match, because you eat all over the place. Like you, your timing for dinner it could be at five thirty, it could be at nine thirty. It's I, I'm always interested when dinner occurs for you. It,
0: it was way easier to heat up my chicken uh, during a WWE Premium Live event than it is for Rampage. Oh, or, yeah. you, or Dynamite. Yeah. Yes,
1: you could you could go put the barbecue on if you so oh, chose yeah. during. A I WWE could take a bath during during the show. Give me. <laughs> Main event time, uh, Corey Graves joins Michael Cole and Pat McAfee for the six-man tag with Roman Reigns and the Usos against Drew McIntyre and RK-Bro. As Drew comes out with the sword, they note that it's named after his mother on Mother's Day. And Pat McAfee, while putting over the bloodline, notes that there are sitcoms about the bloodline's family. That's how huge the bloodline is. That's, that's a pretty good flex. I love young bloodline. It's great. <laughs> Drew gets tagged in early and Jimmy just stares at Reigns and Reigns is reluctant but finally tags in. The place is going nuts. Like they accomplished, like people wanted to see this showdown between them and Reigns just circles around and he tags out. Great heat here. And then we we go into long heat spot on Riddle and lots of booze as Reigns is beating on him. And Pat McAfee says, there ain't enough CBD in the state of Rhode Island for Riddle's body after what the bloodline does to him. Jay super kicks Randy on the apron after running Riddle into the post, and Drew gets the tag when Reigns is in, and they actually go at it this time. Drew is setting up for the Claymore, but Jay gets onto the apron, and as Drew turns around, he is hit with a Superman punch by Roman Reigns, allowing Pat to compare it to Michael Chandler and his knockout of Tony Ferguson on Saturday. Reigns is in control, he raises the titles, and he hits Riddle and gets into Orton's face, turns around, Claymore, but both men are down, the crowd is going wild, chanting for Randy, and Randy gets the tag, and he's in with Jimmy. Uh, Orton, he could sleepwalk through his comeback. He has got it down so much. I think I can close my eyes and envision it. And and I wouldn't want anything else. It were, dude, this crowd, they were so amped to see Randy Mm -hmm. Orton do his hot tag. And this was like 15 minutes in before he's tagged. And he, Mm -hmm. the crowd is going wild. He's teasing the RKO. Uh, Reigns ends up coming into the ring. He goes for a spear into the RKO. And then Jimmy superkicks Orton, who can't capitalize, and then responds with his own RKO to Jay. So everyone is going fast and furious here with their big moves. Drew Claymore uh, goes for the Claymore and is stopped with a Jay superkick. The Usos hit a double version, and then Riddle and Jay are the legal men. And we see them go back and forth. Jay avoids an RKO. Reigns hits a Superman punch to Orton off the steps. And then Drew runs Reigns into the steps. And by the announcer's desk, Drew is hit with a Uranagi so he's dead, and then we get dives from Riddle and Jay. The crowd is going nuts, and Jay and Riddle remain the legal men, and Riddle scales to the top as Jay is setting up for the Uso Splash and hits an RKO from the top, and as he gets up, Roman returns and spears Riddle, pinning him in 22 minutes and 11 seconds.
0: Fantastic six man. And- this,
1: was, this was incredible. Like, I, I thought this was it just... Uh, I I knew this was going to be a good match. Um, th- this was way above a good match. This was um, this was such a fun six man tag. Um, my only thing would just be that man, you had this opportunity. Like to me, you you didn't build anything coming out of this other than I think people do want to see Reigns and Drew, but you kind of had that already established. But regardless, you you had such an incredible main event here. It's it's hard to uh, break down too much.
0: I think people want to see Reigns and Drew. But I think people really want to see Orton and Roman. Um, that was the, my main main takeaway coming out of this. Then
1: um, I'm, I'm gonna... I think Randy should have, at the very least, pinned one of the Usos. If not, well,
0: I'm not saying that's their direction. I'm saying that's what the crowd wants because I think I'm at this point no longer going to an- anticipate any sort of turn from Orton onto Riddle, at least, because I don't think Randy Orton has been hot, as hot as a babyface in really quite some time since he's been a, as a part of these, you know, even though they're completely formulaic RK bro matches, they're exactly what this crowd wants, and every single time they react huge for him. And I thought tonight was one of the hotter Orton hot tags. They, in they, were,
1: they were insane for Randy. And, okay, if if they're not going that direction, we do know they're going the Drew direction. Mm-hmm. And... But, you but, know, but this or- guy or- winning or- on or-
0: or- or- Orton overshadowed Drew as the ba- biggest baby face of the match.
1: Well, you're right. But OK, pick, pick your person. But man, the idea of Drew winning the winning for his team on Mother's Day. It was mm-hmm. like, d- d- did Reigns need another win in this match?
0: I think so much of it depends on the direction. I feel like Drew might be being set up for the money in the bank. So if they're not going to do a Drew versus Roman match right away, then why? Why do you need to give him the win?
1: because he needs it because wh- dude we have thanos thanos is cast we need some avengers on this show
0: they they like their comeback stories and to set up the comeback you have to have you know a guy not in roman it's not like drew took the pin here but their thinking is probably we can have this guy eat shit for a little bit because we're going to give him the money in the bank
1: well uh all that aside this was a great great main event um it Was the right call to close the show with us? I, I think they they did a well, great job. Well, you
0: had a Ron, like I thought you had a really good Ronda Rousey match, and and her winning the championship either. So for me, like I I question it because I thought the match was really good. Maybe the Ronda Startup match might not even have been able to top it. But for me, like this match lacked significance. It was a great match, but we get great matches at the you know for Raw main events, for SmackDown main events, on House Show main events, and this did not feel any more important than any of those. What reason, if you miss this show, would you have to watch this other than maybe you want to see some good wrestling? Well, there's good wrestling every single show, potentially. So
1: it lacked that you know, lasting importance. To me. Well, they made that choice to, to make this match, like not have any stakes attached to it. That to me is another argument. Why one of the baby faces winning. I think that is significant. If you beat the bloodline and you have some strong challenger coming out of this for the long term, I think that could set drew up for money in the bank is that here is a guy that he just took out J Uso, for instance. Um, I think that would have had t- some more, uh, impact to it. Um, That said, though, I I thought like this match to me was like well above like a great raw uh, six man uh, on top of it. Like between this match, the the I quit match, the opener with Rollins and Cody and Edge and AJ, I think was not too far from that. Like Mm -hmm. between those four matches, how can you give anything but a a strong thumbs up to this show? I mean, even
0: Omos and Bobby Lashley overdelivered. So, I I mean... I,
1: I'm to, not going to give my, my big recommendation and, and include that one in there. It's like, for, for, you, for Omos, sure.
0: You said it was Omos' best match. Is that what y- you said?
1: Yes. that That's also that's like... A, but that, to me, is
0: significant.
1: At least in saying... What's that. his second best match, Way, <laughs> Well, that I can't You, you have to it. name his second best match uh, for that to be a, a huge compliment. I will say it was... It, I
0: enjoyed the match, you know? And, and I can't say that about many Omos matches. So, to me, like, that, coupled with everything else on this show... Happy Corbin, you know, whatever. It didn't ruin the show. Take it or leave it. But overall, it was a show where if you decided to watch, I think you would have come away very entertained. So thumbs up from me. But the anticipation for this show is a different story. How many people cared to even yeah, watch it? Yeah, it's, it's
1: everything we said. Like, I, I don't think this show being great was a shock to you or I. We looked no. at this card. These look like great matches. They're going to get lots of time. This this six-man, for instance, um, imagine we had two commercial breaks in there, like on, on Raw. Um, it would have brought it down. But the fact was, you know, you get... Solid wrestling on these pay-per-views, by and large, most months. And this was a case where this was a wrestling-heavy show where there was very little backstage, and you just got to get some really good wrestling on this show. So that is not a surprise. But you're right. Um, would I say that this was a show you needed to see? No, you did not need to see this show. It was you. You were rewarded if you did, but life goes on. If you if you missed it, on to the next show.
0: I think the, I think the Cody Seth match, like, was a big match coming off of WrestleMania. And there's, at least for our audience, I think a lot of interest still in the Cody Rhodes run. I would recommend that. I'd recommend the Ronda Rousey Charlotte match because it's a very different type of Ronda Rousey match and they pulled it off very successfully. If you want to just watch great wrestling, check out the main event. Absolutely. I thought AJ versus Edge was also very good. Um, despite the crowd reaction, maybe not agreeing with me. And if you're a big Omos fan, definitely check out the Lashley match.
1: Uh, so a definite thumbs up show for, uh, for, for me uh, from for three hours on uh, on on Backlash WrestleMania Backlash Sunday.
0: Yes. Uh, all right. First of all, here, uh, this is the point in the show where we get to some of your feedback, including your super chat. So if you want to leave any super chats, you can do that in the YouTube chat room. We have one that comes to us from Felipe, who sends twenty five hundred Chile Chilean pesos, who says, hi, my F1 mates. In general, it was a fun B-plus show, fun main event, and I... I quit. And I quit. Okay, got it. Good opener. Do you think Hamilton can turn this season? Love, guys. <laughs> I love he goes transitions like just mid-sentence from...
1: <laughs> all right. I, I am going to disclose. I, I have watched all of like five minutes of the race. Uh, a Sunday afternoon, not not happening. Uh, on Mother's Day, 100% was not happening. So I, I, know, I know who won the race and everything, but I, I can't really comment more on how the race turned out i I am gonna watch a bit before i go to bed tonight
0: it was uh it it was max verstappen winning the race and and he was in the third
1: he was in the the third position and i watched the beginning and that was incredible he overtook carlos Sainz like instantly it was like incredible
0: the beginning is always like some of the most uh, interesting parts but yeah i believe followed by Charles Leclerc, and then uh, uh, Carlos Sainz and then Sergio Perez. So, uh, red, it's still a race between Red Bull and Ferrari. And I, I mean, Hamilton. What, what did think,
1: you think about just the, the track and kind of the, the scenery? I, I read 82,000 people were at this race.
0: There were so many celebrities that, like, uh, were there. Like, I believe it, I believe, like, man, there's this photo circling around, but with, with, like, Lewis Hamilton posing with, like, Michael Jordan and, uh, Oh,
1: Michael uh, Jordan was there.
0: Yeah, Tom Brady and, uh, uh David Beckham like uh pharrell well i am i mean i could just name celebrities if you really want um but um yeah it was it it seemed to get way more attention this weekend than like i've ever heard I, I, maybe it's just be kind of becoming more of a fan and noticing but i i would say like f1 fans themselves will tell you oh, this that, was
1: this was considered like a big breakthrough event for them in, yeah. in the u.s like this was looked at as like a Big race, like I, I'm sure the the numbers are going to be big for this one.
0: And I think if if the momentum continues, like I mean, now that the attention is on the sport, these races are going to have to deliver. Because if they're all just kind of like shitty, kind of boring races, then the crowd will probably turn on on F1 rather quickly. But they got a big one coming up next year in Vegas that I think should be even way bigger. Um, but as far as like the track, like it was okay. I I don't think you got too much overtaking until. Um the safety car. There there's like a weird kind of similar safety car situation. Well, it wasn't weird at all actually. It was very by the by the numbers, by the rule book, I I should say. Um, but it evened things out and you got much more kind of closer racing after that point. So it became a pretty interesting race, but maybe for the first portion not so much. Uh so anyway.
1: <laughs> there's your answer.
0: There's our review. Can Lewis
1: Hamilton pull it out?
0: I'm gonna say no. I think he's too far back and I think Versteppen and, and Leclerc are doing too well by themselves but we shall see
1: we shall see sir lewis hamilton let's get sir it right lewis, yes
0: all right let's go to some phone calls here to our double double ice cap and espresso patrons of, of the post Wrestling cafe uh you guys can join us if you find the link right now in uh your email or on the patreon so first go to hansi hansi
2: welcome hey what's going on guys can you hear me Yes. Yes we can. Oh yeah. No, I was gonna say that yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement with uh a lot of what you guys said about uh yeah, I, I mean I, I called it, I I said it on like on the Friday's call that yeah, like these shows are always gonna be good as one offs, right? It just if you watch these shows weekly and there's not much creatively going around. It's like you know, like even like trying to like recap on my on my own, or whatever. Like I I don't have the same excitement that I do with AEW because I feel like you can't really put much analysis when the creative. It, I just feel like, like it, for, for like other than a few programs, the creative is really, really, really lacking. And you know, but I, I, but I did enjoy, all, uh, you know, the I did enjoy most of the matches, the opening and the main event. Um, again, I'm with you guys about like you know wh- wh- where all this is going. But let me ask you before I go, um, because I did enjoy. I, I think Rhonda and Charlotte have really good chemistry. It just the creative behind it wasn't like it was really, really empty. But I'm hoping now if Charlotte's stepping away for a little bit and Ronda's kind of free, who do you guys think is, like, next in line? Because I, I, only person I can see, because Sasha and Naomi are busy with the tag titles, even though like that's, like, a half-assed division. The only person I can see now kind of going forward, but it's kind of awkward, is Lacey Evans, right? Because she's mm-hmm. going to be a face. Ronda will be a face. But then that whole introduction that happened on SmackDown, it felt like one of those things where, like, they're making her a face, but by demanding you, uh, you know, applaud her and all that kind of stuff i'm like it felt kind of cultish to me and i don't know if that's supposed to be leading to some like subtle kind of heel turn after all of that i don't know where it goes but where do you guys see ronda going after it Charlotte's not gonna be in the connection and uh I'll, I'll leave you guys with that and good job as always guys thank you Thanks, Nancy. Nancy.
1: I, I really don't like rousey and lacey evans now i think that's a program they get to but to do it now i, I think it's really hard to do that one now
0: did you catch the segment and and the? No, I,
1: I have not seen SmackDown, so I did not get to see the segment. I did hear you and, and Kate uh, discussing it, so I at least know kind of the uh, the outline of the segment.
0: You know, uh, I I wondered if I had misheard something, but like uh, clearly not, because like everybody else seemed to have a similar reaction, questioning why and how after you hear a person bear their soul week after week talking about their personal tragedies do you throw in a line with your introduction saying lacey evans has requested that you show your appreciation and essentially demanding applause as if a heel were to mm-hmm. do it i don't think for a second they're like playing those vignettes and making the audience want to boo her but for some reason that line would somehow snuck in there. And the end result is just confusion. So I think we're, we're going to watch, you know, Friday to see how they fix this. Uh, we'll get a bit more of a clear direction. But I have to think that they're still pushing her as a babyface because I can't see how somebody can, you know, cut those promos and have and just come out and be a heel. But we shall see. But that yeah, would
1: be I, to me one of one of like the the largest disconnects of a message versus the re- reaction you are hoping to receive out of that. And I, I think it would be really poorly received um and yeah if if she was being introduced like that on smackdown like that's that's not like they they have the wording down to a t so that Mm -hmm. is um a conscious decision and i guess yeah we will look at friday to see the presentation of lacey evans but um
0: looking up and down this roster yeah it's it's pretty slim pickings here you know like Like
1: it tells you like the, the the value of charlotte on smackdown that you know, you, you do have like Bailey, like that is that is a card you have t- to play uh, coming back. And then the others, like it feels very early to go to a Raquel. Um, that's why I throw it as I They've recently done the turn. Um, that could be something. Or maybe you get um, Ronda involved somewhere with with, with Shayna Baszler at, at some point.
0: I mean, they seem to be gearing Shayna and Natalia up for a title challenge, but isn't that happening on Friday? And isn't yes, that, they're doing the
1: title match on Friday,
0: and right, and it's over after that. So yeah, maybe they can you know break either Natalia or Shayna like Shayna yeah. versus Ronda, to be would be great. I hope they get enough time to actually build a story because mm-hmm. there's so much to be told there, but
1: like there's options there. It's just whatever the option is it it requires some some build for that person. It's not I would say outside of Bailey. It's not like someone is ready made at that championship level,
0: yeah, agreed. Uh, so, I mean, there are options, yeah, between them or Sasha and, and Naomi, um, depending on who doesn't have the championships. Uh, okay, let's go to one more phone call here. And It looks like it's coming to us from New Jersey. Brandon, how are you?
3: Hey, what's going on, guys? I, I, I didn't think I'd be on this early. Uh, uh, I, had, I had a little I can put you before. back on
0: hold if you want.
3: No, I'm, I'm good, man. I had a pregame meal before coming in, a uh, spicy pork and uh, broccoli. Not the best, but... Uh, okay, sounds right.
0: good. Sounds okay. All right.
3: Yeah.
1: Y- you're fulfilled?
3: <laughs> uh, um, i just want to say that I-, I love the main event uh i even thought madcap and uh and corbin was good uh what do oh. you think of his fit
0: corbin's or
3: corbin's i mean <laughs> um would you rock it
0: um if maybe if i was a wrestler and, and rich <laughs>
1: yeah sure why not
3: who are you job you think you can pull that fit off
1: no no i don't brandon do you, do you have a joke for us?
3: I I just want to say that uh um, for rewind this fact that uh, I, I just I, no, it hasn't been said enough of you carrying 2 2 pounds of 20 pounds of rice and, and dipping your laptop in, in the said rice like a dipping dot. I don't think I don't think people have talked about that enough.
1: Go look this up. This is a th- this is a theory that is supposed you're supposed to do if you if you no, get water damage.
3: I believe it, but I'm, I'm just imagining you getting a pound of, getting a twenty pound bag of rice open. Dude, do you,
1: do you understand the 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 crisis of your 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 laptop? Everything is on there, and this thing's on life support. Okay, would you be going to get some rice? Damn right you would be. Okay, did it work? No. Would I try this again? Probably not. But All
3: I'm saying, it- I'm saying, is growing up in a Hispanic community and. Seeing someone being that wasteful with, with that amount of rice. My abuela would have would have been very upset. And she probably would have hit she probably would have hit me if I did that with uh with that uh chancla of hers if, if I did that. That's so wasteful. W- w- Wolfgang
1: would w- w- would agree with me here. So is this what yours look like, John? Um not that far off, okay? Not that okay. far off, okay? I buried the thing in rice. <laughs> even, I, even, I th-
0: even the lid? like, Or even the monitor? Like the screen?
1: Oh, yeah. That was the other thing. It was like, if this thing survives, this laptop's going to be just garbage. Like, I mm, okay. I realized I'm probably playing into, like, an internet meme as I'm doing this. But I had no other option. It's this or I, I just accept that this laptop is dead forever and gone. So what are you going to do? It was the right move, I think.
3: Great move, man. That's all I got. Love you guys.
1: Okay. Thanks, Brandon. Thank you. Thank you Thanks, Brandon. Me. Three hours he watched tonight. That's that's what he had for I us. Will remember I appreciate it. Actually, saves.
0: yes. Okay, let's go to some written feedback now from forum.posttrusting.com. This is available to all patrons after all of our shows, and we start off here, John, with David Porges.
1: Yes, he writes a really good show. I came in with very low expectations considering the card and the build and was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed most of the matches on the show. Rollins and Cody have incredible chemistry and both are on another level right now. Shout out to Michael Cole, who has had an amazing resurgence since Pat McAfee came in and was great tonight. In the main event, I, I would agree. I think the commentary with, with Pat and, and Michael Cole is typically uh, very enjoyable. You'll always get some, some ridiculous lines in there. I was actually waiting for a Pat McAfee line during the I quit match saying, you're going to see a lot more action between these two than we saw on Saturday night. I thought for sure we would get that reference, but instead he saved it for uh, Michael Chandler. But uh, did you see that knockout, by the way, on Saturday? I did not. Oh, Jesus. Did you see? You need to see the photo. There is a photo of Tony Ferguson that is just, oh my goodness, okay, it, part part of your it. soul will will die when you see this photo um, oh, no. but yes, I, I, just one point here is that um saying like pleasantly surprised, like I was not pleasantly surprised that we got a really good wrestling show tonight. It looked very good on paper, um, but to your point, I don't think the anticipation uh w- was there for this show
0: that seems to be the disconnect, you know, I think we always go in with like limited expectations when it comes to these WWE shows because we're so dissatisfied with the build because the build is such poor art, but the in-ring typically is very good art. You know, when at least bell to bell, you know, when you leave, when you leave it to the wrestlers because they're that skilled. And again, if you're choosing to be a fan who only watches WWE by watching the pay-per-views and not the TV, I, I think you would overall have a much more positive opinion of the company. Is this the picture you're talking about? <laughs>
1: I could not possibly have a photo that, that tops that one, could Holy
0: I? shit, dude. Wow.
1: Dude, there, there's even like... Oh, my wh- God. The first one I saw, it was a close-up on the face, and it's just like, man, photography is just unforgiving.
0: Holy shit. He looks... His face is melting. It's, Holy shit. How does the human face do that?
1: Wow. It was... That's all. It was among the most vicious knockouts I've ever seen in my life.
0: Jeez, it looked like a scene out of uh, Doctor Strange. Okay, we go up next to uh, tomorrow, 1 o'clock, everybody. No post-news update, we should say.
1: No That's right. Uh, coming off the pay-per-view, we will not have a post-news show on Monday. Uh, instead, Dr. Strange review. And then Way and I will be back Monday night with Rewind to Raw, and the new show resumes Tuesday. At 1 Eastern. Yes.
0: Okay. We go up next to Kate, who joined me on Friday. Uh, so if you want to check out uh, her, uh, she was tremendous uh, breaking down some of the stuff we saw on Friday. Great so show. Go, go listen to that Remind of SmackDown with Kate. She says, super strong opener between Seth and Cody. Definitely my match of the night. Although you didn't have the majesty of WrestleMania, I think I like this actual match better. Having Cody cheat just a little bit to win seems to point towards a third match in the future. I'm not opposed. I thought Charlotte and Ronda Rousey seated their last match but that move at the end looked not painful she mean does she mean like the the, the arm bar, arm through bar? The,
1: the, the the wrenching it through the uh the chair
0: I didn't have much issue with it i mean it's it's an it's a warped armbar break you know um
1: how how I mean, she do torqued you show it. it? it was it, and you know the the ultimate um you know outcome was that crowd went nuts when she yelled I quit like it was like a big like they they, they, they peaked that match very well and and honestly seeing the uh, like the Minoru Suzuki arm bar I thought like man that was like an awesome visual and you know they they kept the crowd it was like that crowd was in that match from start to finish like it was just an intense violent match for 16 and a half minutes and, and they had the crowd with them so yeah I, I can't say too much negative about uh, their their outing.
0: She also says that the plan is to get the Roman versus drew. They definitely need to say that for Cardiff because that is the only place where the crowd won't be behind Roman. Honestly, they should delay doing an RK bro breakup angle and work towards Roman versus Randy, which feels like the hottest program they could do right now.
1: That was the match people wanted tonight. Um, there was no doubt about that. And you've got three stadium shows to do this summer. And I like, you can say, sure, drew earmark him for Wales. Uh, but what do you do in Las Vegas? Uh, what do you do in Nashville? Um, those are big matches, and in theory, you would um, have Roman Reigns in prominent positions on on those shows. In
0: theory, but they got away with one premium live event without a title defense. I think presumably you're going to get more. Like for instance, Money in the Bank, they don't they they can get away with not doing a title defense there. In a stadium. Okay, I forgot that it was in the stadium.
1: Yeah, if Um, if it was just an arena, I wouldn't um, disagree with you. But that is like that is a stadium show, like Hell in a Cell. Like I I just I cannot see them doing a big Roman. Do you know? I was looking this up tonight, just um, you know, with with, like the Roman stuff. So so this year so far, like he is still very active, like on live events and dark matches. He has not wrestled on TV once this year, not once. Hmm, Cool, but he's appeared almost every week. He he makes you know he he's always appearing. But to me, it's like if you were going to be setting up a title match, I don't think they're doing that finish tonight if they're setting up a title match for four weeks from now. So I I could certainly see Hell in a Cell uh, being without Roman, for instance, and he just, you know, you build up for something for money in the bank in that time.
0: Yeah, it seems to be like, you know, the the Brock Lesnar pays him. I don't think we get a title defense every single one when Brock was champion. So,
1: yeah. All right. Um that is uh do we have one more piece of feedback? One more feedback? piece of feedback. Uh we go to Rob from Rhode Island although notes he was not in attendance at the show. WrestleMania weekend was full as many shows are of Eddie Guerrero tribute spots. FTR and CM Punk are covering Bret Hart on a weekly basis while it's obviously not a tribute. Any thoughts on Edge now using the Crossface, normal and his own altered version? I remember feeling uneasy in the late 2000s when sean and Hunter worked it into their Moonsauce their move sets. Uh but am I overthinking it? Um I remember when Sean first started using it, it was a few months after Benoit. And at that point, I did think it was a little uneasy. I do not at all think about it now, nor do I look at it. I mean, really, it's like, you know, it's like a Nagata lock, for instance. It's mm. um, I don't think people are looking at that and being drawn back to Chris Benoit. Um, so I, I do not look at it that way, nor do I, I think at all. Edge is trying to reference him either.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm in agreement. Um, yeah, when it was still a pretty raw, like, topic, absolutely, I thought it was questionable. Several years removed now with, you know, consistent usage of it, like, throughout all of professional wrestling, I, I don't think about it much uh, at all, especially now that he's, you know, working in a sort of variation attached to it. So uh,
1: we yeah, one- I, I did like that, that like the the change to the choke uh, as well to sleeper, yeah. give, give like a alteration there. Definitely.
0: We got one super chat late coming in here from Slim Sieber, who sends five dollars. Thank you so much for the support, Slim. He says thoughts on WWE testing live commentary during the commercial breaks on SmackDown on Friday. WWE live test testing live commentary during commercial breaks. I don't know if I caught Well,
1: what you, you wouldn't. Were it sounds like during commercial breaks like you wouldn't be able to hear this. So this would more be a question for those live. If I, I didn't even hear about them doing this.
0: Yeah, I mean I was watching I don't know if it was something that was exclusive to uh the Fox feed. I, I was watching up in Canada. I I didn't personally experience it myself, so um Maybe something for us to look into. So I'm sorry Yeah, I need more of that. an
1: explanation because I, I don't uh, – hmm. I'm not sure if he means in the building or through the commercials. Uh, I would think they're not doing commentary over commercials. Um, but anyway, hmm. uh, we'll look into that. All right. That is going to bring an end Slim to – Slim
0: Seaver mentions it was audible for the live crowd. Oh, huh, so they're piping in commentary to the live crowd.
1: Right, like they, hmm. they did that at, at Triple Mania, um, where the the audience could hear the commentary. But yeah, I guess that would be more a question if someone was uh, at the arena and if if they like that it not or be
0: not. confusing, like commentary for like a portion of the match and then no commentary for like the rest. Like what is? Yeah, the,
1: why? What? Does,
0: how does? How does it? <laughs> I don't know. I have many experience? questions
1: as I'm thinking about this. Like what? What's? Uh, what would the point of it be? I don't know. You're not satisfying a viewer at home. Yeah, and the, Hey guys, person... we're in
0: commercial. Uh, how are you guys doing? If it's
1: just being during the, the commercial break, I would definitely question what, what that is uh, being needed for. Unless it was... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'd love to hear some uh, people's live
0: experiences if they actually you know, went to one of those shows.
1: All right. Thanks everybody for tuning in live or listening afterwards to the WrestleMania Backlash post-show. Uh, Way is back. One, one more time, Way. Uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. For Post Cafe members. Wrestling
0: Cafe, so join us right now. Um, $6 a month gets you access to all of our MCU reviews. Rewind to SmackDown, covering SmackDown and Rampage every Friday. Rewind away. The latest edition is up right now, covering New Japan Pro Wrestling from the year 2003. And uh, a whole lot more to come. Uh, an entire archive of bonuses and just, just a great feeling throughout your day, knowing that you are a po- member of the Post Wrestling Cafe.
1: Yes, that is out. it. Lots of great stuff coming up this month, uh, so to so look out for that uh, for Post Wrestling Cafe members. Uh, we'll have the whole schedule up on Monday, and then chat with you Monday night right after Raw here on the YouTube channel. So that is it for waiting. I am John Pollock, and thanks for watching the WrestleMania Backlash Post Show.